Good morning. Here's an update on our October 2015 convention being held in Virginia Beach, Virginia at the Wyndham Hotel right on the beach. We are almost at 500 convention goers. We have been working hard around the clock getting you folks with hotel and transportation accommodations registered for convention. And here's some even greater news. We are very excited to tell you we have a few seats left over. Would you like to come to convention and you were thinking that you couldn't and it wasn't possible? Well, here it is. Your dreams have just come true. And if you hurry, we will be holding a seat just for you. What? A convention? What convention? Well, it's the power of the big book. A weekend of inspiration, education, motivation, and fellowship. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, October 30th through November 1st. November, uh, pardon me, 2015. And here's more. Maybe you have already registered for this upcoming awesome convention, this unprecedented, unconventional convention, yet you're thinking how nice it would be to pass this on to your fellows at your local face-to-face -face meetings or put a poster up about town. We have a convention flyer for you. Contact Melanie C. at 541-908-1221 Pacific Time to get the lowdown on how to receive this printable convention flyer. Come join us at a vision for you because we're doing the convention countdown. Thank you, Melanie. Woohoo! That is awesome news. Hope to see you all there. Place with names with faces, so to speak. Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Amy G and I'm recovered compulsive overeater. Today's date is Wednesday, September 2nd, and today we are reading in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous in the chapter of Vision for You. We are at page 160, the first paragraph starting with Outsiders Became Interested. My readers today are, and thank you very much for your service, Renata G., Charles H., Christy M., Jody E., Anita L., the reference number for yesterday, Tuesday, September 1st, is 7961. 7961. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overreader who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Jody E. to read the 12 steps. Go ahead, Jody. Good morning, this is Jody E. in California. Thank you everyone for being here. Here are the steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. 
Two came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these We lost you there at step 12, Jody. Jody, are you there? Can you finish with step 12? We seem to have lost you. This is Anita L. Do you want me to just finish up the last part? You know what, Anita, you read my mind. That would be great. Could you do that and then just move on to the 12 traditions? That would be wonderful. Okay. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to other compulsive overeaters who still suffer. And good morning, everybody. This is Anita L. from Philadelphia area, and here's the 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous, ah, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction 
rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and with that, I pass. Have a great day. Thank you, Anita. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no absence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today we resume our study in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous in the chapter of A Vision for You on page 160, that first full paragraph that begins with outside outsiders became interested. And I will ask for Renata G to start us off. Go ahead, Renata. Thank you, Amy. Good morning. Thanks for your service. Good morning, everyone. This is Renata G. Recovered Compulsive Read in New York. Outsiders became interested. One man and his wife placed their large home at the disposal of the strangely assorted crowd. This couple has since become so fascinated that they have dedicated their home to the work. Many a distracted wife has visited his house to find loving and understanding companionship among women who knew her problems to hear from the lips of their husbands what happened to them, what had happened to them, to be advised how her own wayward mate might be hostilized and approached when next stumbled. Um, you know, and so here, that's, you know, how the meetings were in the past, right, how they started, and, you know, gives me a feeling that that's how Al-Anon started. But, you know, it says outsiders became interested, and then, you know, this man and wife, um, they they were so amazed by this program that they wanted to be helpful, too. They put, they they offered their home uh, so, all the, you know, the alcoholics could come and uh, get together and work their program. And, um, you know, what's what's so appealing here is that, you know, like they've been talking about in the text, this this meeting they were focused on the spiritual solution, on a practical program of action. Um you know, this uh also made me think of page eighteen, the last paragraph where it says that the man who's making the approach has had the same difficulty that he obviously obviously knows that he's what he's talking about, that the, his whole department shouts at the new prospect, that he's a man with a real answer, that he has no attitude holier than thou, nothing whatever 
accept the sincere desire to be helpful, that there are no fees to pay, no access to grind, no people to please, no lectures to be endured. These are the conditions we have found most effective. And so, you know, all these people here, the people running the meetings and people offering their help, their only desire was to be helpful. And the miracle happening in this meeting is that, you know, um, they had found a solution. You know, so people that came to those meetings, they could see the miracles happening. They could see the effectiveness of, you know, the, the spiritual program of action, the, the benefits of living a life based on the principles of the steps that back then were not 12, they were just six. And, um, you know, I know the same principles benefit my life today, have saved my life, and uh, free me from compulsive eating. Uh, and with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Renata G. Would anyone now like to share on the paragraph that was just read, please? Jane F. Jane F. as in Frank? That's F as in sunshine. All right. I got you, Jane. Anybody else? Press star one to unmute. Okay. Well, Jane, we will start off with you. Go ahead, please. Okay. Good morning. Um, Jane S., um, Recovered Compulsive Overeater from uh, Pennsylvania. And uh, hearing this paragraph, I really got... uh, a sense of the excitement of this couple, you know, when they found a solution and uh, uh, one and and giving them the uh, excitement and uh, drive to carry the message and to become involved in this, and I can really relate to that. Um, I've been in OA for a lot of years, and I did not always have that same enthusiasm. In fact, um, I often would, you know, come in and out sometimes years at a time. And um, I did not really get this enthusiasm and real, uh, you know, something way down in my spirit that excites me until I did start, uh, you know, became aware of studying the big book. And you know what? I found out what this program is really all about and how it is so exciting that our lives, you know, it's not just putting the food down. It's not just. You know, before it was sort of a, a um, reprieve food here. I had a slip. Um, now um, I, I do have a you know, daily reprieve from the craziness of the food as long as I stay in the spiritual condition. Um, but also so many uh, other parts of my life have been transformed through finding out what these steps really are about by, and, and implementing them uh, by becoming acquainted with and studying the big book. And, man, it is exciting, and it is. It's exciting for me in my life, and it is something that uh, by uh, attraction rather than promotion, I do want to pass on to other people um, because there's a lot of hurting people out there. And, uh, you know, that is my job now, to be of maximum service to others. And it's not the only way isn't by um, passing along uh, recovery. Um, There's other ways to be uh, of service to other human beings. But 
but this is, uh, you know, a big focus in my life, and I'm very grateful. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Jane. Would anyone else like to share on what was read? This is Larry. Larry? Anybody else? Nessa. Larry, I think I heard Nessa. Yes. Jill. Jill T. And Rasa. Okay, we'll go with that. I've got Larry K. Nessa. I think it's P. I always forget Nessa. I'm sorry. Jill P. And Vasa O. So, Larry K., go ahead, please. Thanks so much, um, and I appreciate it. This is Larry Kay, uh, Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Chicago. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of excitement here. Um, you know, and the thing is, is I, I see, you know, perhaps uh, a humility in these early pioneers. You know, they, they all started out as uh, deeply flawed human beings, you know, deeply divided selves, if you will. And, you know, but through a, a process of self, you know, self-examination, self-confrontation, really, of these flaws, God began to lift them from their state of self-centeredness. And they no longer were slaves to satisfying the temptations of the self. And they set out to help others, you know, and here's a couple that opens their home to seize the, you know, seize the, the beauty of this program. You know, true humility is freedom of the need to prove that we're superior to others. You know, egotism is like a, a ravenous hunger in a, in a very confining space, you know, self-concern, competitive, distinction, hungry. You know, this practical program of action is designed to change that. And that's what we saw with people. And, you know, um, you know, I may think that I can achieve success by attaining victory over others, but the truth is I build character by winning victories over the weaknesses in myself, you know, with the help of my higher power. And so, you know, in carrying this message of hope, these men and women were, were operating from a place of thankfulness, and I see a lot of gratitude here. And I, I heard it said that thankfulness is a soil in which pride does not easily grow. And like these men, I too, you know, was changed in a way where I began to realize that there's a lot I don't know and and a lot that I thought I knew which was distorted or simply wrong. And I needed to be right-sized, you know. And um, this process, thankfully, is still unfolding in my life, you know, regardless of the diversity of our lives, um, this design for living um, really works. And the one wrapping up, the one consistent pattern that I see with every person who decides to do the work and come across this bridge, you know, to freedom is that they had to go down before they came up and they had to descend into the valley of humility to be pulled out of the quicksand. That, that certainly was the case for me. Um, with, that, with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry. Nessa, you are up. Please go ahead. Hi, good morning. My name is Nessa R. I recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Um, I often wondered um, where um, the concept of service came from uh, because it's not uh, explicitly outlined in the steps or, or even in the, um, in the traditions. And, and I've often thought that this is the paragraph that brings the concept of service um, 
into into the picture. Um, you know, the arriving at a meeting early to set up the chairs, staying up later to clean up and put the literature away, um, starting new meetings to uh, to fill a void on the phone, a face-to-face meeting, a specific time of the day. You know, and the people who do service. I mean, I think this is this is where it starts. You know, if I understand this correctly, you know, people who uh, had nothing to do with um, alcoholism, you know, started a large, um, uh, opened their, their, their large home to the large home at the disposal of this strangely assorted crowd. And in the next paragraph, we're going to read about, you know, a typical traditional uh, meeting setting that we that we all know so well, you know. Um, so this is where it originates. You know, why, why would people, you know, go to the uh, self-sacrifice of starting a meeting, uh, you know, like this meeting, for example, people are here day in and day out for two hours a day, um, you know, from seven to nine. Why Why would we do this? Um, you know, uh, this is where the concept of service came. You know, obviously we do it because we need to do it in order to, to uh, stay abstinent and more importantly to stay recovered, but because we find, uh, I'll speak to myself, I find great joy and great meaning in a life dedicated um, to the service of others, to propagating a wonderful, deep, inspiring message, a message of, uh, of depth and weight, which is much better than the way I used to live my life, just totally focused on Nessa's agenda, what Nessa wants, Nessa's little plans and designs. Um, you know, that no matter how much I accomplished, it was never enough, and it was never meaningful. And yes, this is meaningful. And I think, um, you know, that this this paragraph is is where it all starts. Uh, and with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa R. Jill P. Go ahead, please. Good morning, Jill P. From Pittsburgh, grateful recovering compulsive overeater. I like in this paragraph uh, where it talks about how um, the wives were coming together to hear about their husbands, what had happened to them, and to be advised of how their uh, her own wayward mate uh, might be, um, you know, helped or approached when um, next he stumbled. And I've had, obviously, as I go through my my process and on my path, I've had a lot of revelation, and it changes my relationship with my husband. So I'm grateful that wives are included in the process in that, you know, he's had to tolerate a lot of my behavior over the years, and I think he's just learned to adapt to it. And he doesn't know he can speak his mind. And so recently I've been giving him permission to to speak his mind and let me know what behavior that I might be blind to. And at least it's opening the door for discussions and talks that we haven't had in the past, and I'm grateful for that. I also like um, that this paragraph points out unselfishness. I know that's been mentioned before this morning uh, by other meeting members, but yes, unselfishness I would like to take forward in my day. And I'd also like to say that yesterday was my 30th meeting in 30 days. I'm very uh, happy for that. And then my ultimate goal is 90 meetings in 90 days. Uh, And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Great. Great, Jill. Thank you. Vasa O. Go ahead, please. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Amy G., for your service. And I am 
Vasa, O Grateful Recover Compulsive Overeater, carrying the message to others. I'm grateful to the person that carried it to me. And to find the 12 steps, the big book, and uh, it gave me hope. It gave me solution to my problem that I had been looking for many, many, many years. And I remember really feeling so excited, you know. I felt like at home when I came to, you know, Overeaters Anonymous. You know, I felt like, you know, these people know what they are. What am what am I talk I'm talking about? They are they are walking through, or they have walked before me, and I was just so grateful. I remember a few times uh, showing up the meeting where the person didn't show up with the key, and I don't live too far from my Tuesday night meeting, only like a couple miles, and I remember opening up my my house, you know, for a meeting, in my basement. It was all finished my basement, and then we had a meeting, and newcomer came for the first time, you know, and I remember, you know, he did no way to sit, to sit, you know, on the couch or a chair, you know, he felt a little uncomfortable, but, you know, this happened many years ago, and he's still around, and he is recovering, thank you, God, and that's when he shares, he says, I remember my first meeting at Vasa's house, and then I remember going to I remember this other woman had a meeting at her house in the kitchen for us. Uh, it was uh, working through the big book, the steps, the way they laid out. So it's nice to also, again, to see these homes opening up. And my husband still doesn't understand, you know, what I do, you know, but he accepts it. And uh, he doesn't have the disease, so how would he understand but, you know, he's tolerating me, you know, doing what I'm doing. And I know I need to do it for myself and I need to uh, help others because he sees some of his friends are into the disease, you know. And he says, one of his friends, says, I can't believe that he's still alive, you know. He's in and out, in and out of the hospital. And, and I just say, you know what, it's by the grace of God, you know, I could be him myself if I didn't find the program. So thank you for letting me share and I pass. Great. Thank you. Rasa O, we are now going to move on to the next paragraph and I would like Charles H Hello. to please read. This is calling from Islam. Okay, hon, can you hold on? Yeah, Amy G, you ready? Yeah, we're going to ask this woman who just spoke if you'd mind holding on. Charles H is going to go ahead and move on to the next paragraph, please. Go ahead, Charles. All right, good morning, Amy G. Thank you for your service, Charles H, a recovered visionary. Um, just for today. Many a man yet dazed from his hospital experience has stepped over the threshold of that home into freedom. Many an alcoholic who entered there came away with an answer. He succumbed to that gay crowd inside who laughed at their own misfortunes and understood his. Impressed by those who visited him at the hospital, he catapulted entirely when Later in an upper room of this house, he heard the story of some man whose experience closely tallied with his own. The expression on the faces of the women that indefinable something, uh, indefinable something in the eyes of the, of the men, the stimulating and electric atmosphere of the place conspired to let him know 
that he that here was a haven at last. Wow, this is some. This is this got me fired up. First of all, Melanie got me fired up with that good news. I mean, th- those are region numbers, man. Woo! And, and Melanie, yeah, send that to send send that over to me because everybody going to hear about this. And you know what what stands out to me is you know of course the good news that he stepped over the threshold of that home into freedom. But also what really jumps out at me is experience, that word two times. And, you know, as Kim G always says, share your experience, not your opinion. The only opinion I want to hear about is Dr. Silkworks. Because that opinion, that opinion, that opinion, that opinion saved millions. And it's still saving millions today. And um, it reminds me of, you know, it reminds me of page 58 where it says, you know, we, we, we share what it was like, what, you know, what we've gone through, and what it's like today. And I tell you, <laughs> heaven, heaven is right here. It's right here because knowing that um, we have a purpose today, just hearing somebody else's experience. That's it. We don't share our opinions. We don't give advice. You know, we don't do that because we kill people with that. And first of all, we have, we have, let me, let me speak for Charles. Charles, the human, has his own ulterior motives. But if I'm coming out of this book, particularly the first 164 pages, the forwards, and the doctor opinion, I'm sharing the hope, the, the solution. By hearing um, someone else's experience, and that's what we're doing 80 years later. And, wow, we're in the two-month. You know what happens in that two-month period? People get relieved. People pick up their beds and walk again. What did Abby tell Bill W.? It was a simple religious idea and a program of action. And, 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 And it worked. What worked? The program of action every single day, 10, 11, and 12. It ain't just the stuff on the wall. It ain't just the writing on the wall. There's some pages, some instructions, and it's a pleasure and an honor to give it. What the paradox? I can't keep it unless I give it away. Here you go. Take it. Take it because God going to give some back. So take it. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Energy. Thank you, Charles H. Who else would like to share on the paragraph that was just read? Sarah W. Sarah W. I'm going to put my name on there, too. Hello. I'm trying to uh, get into share. Can you hear me? Yes. Who is this, please? Can I have your first name and your last initial? Yeah. I am Raquel C. Calling to me as well. Okay. Raquel C., I have you as third. Is anyone else like to share on this specific paragraph? Okay, we'll go with that. Sarah W., you are up, please. Uh, thank you for your service, Amy, this hour. Okay. It's good to hear you on the line. Sarah W., very grateful, recovered, compulsive reader. Um, word says, many an alcoholic who entered there came away with an answer. Um, I know for myself, one of my questions was, where do I fit in and what's wrong with me? <laughs> and, you know, how can I walk through life, you know, when I first came in the doors? And um, 
what this is saying is that um, when we come into the rooms, uh, there is a solution for us. And um, the first thing I needed to find out was what was my problem. Um, I really didn't know. Uh, I knew that my therapist had sent me to um, the meetings of Overeaters Anonymous. That was the first program I walked into. And some of us are more broken than others. I like to say brokenness, um, you know, when I think about um, the set-aside prayer and this whole thing and the idea that um, if if we are going to find the answer, we have to be listening. We have to put aside what we think we know about everything. I liked what was shared this morning about gratitude. That's what I was thinking myself, in all honesty. And... Um, when I do set aside everything I think I know about who I am and what I am and what I know and what I don't know um, and really listen. Uh, there's a saying that says, listen and learn. I can really hear things. Um, and then on the bottom of the paragraph, it says that um, the expression on the faces of the women, that indefinable something in the eyes of the men the stimulating and electric atmosphere of the place conspired to let him know that here was a haven at last. You know, at the end of the OA meeting, it says, Welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, welcome home. And I know that there's a concept that's called participation is the key to harmony. And it doesn't just mean participation and being part of by picking up chairs, it really means participating in what the program's about. We belong to a 12-step program. That's what our program is. It's a 12-step program, and that is the program of action. And for me, until I really fully, you know, I worked through my 1 through 9, and then what happened in 10, 11, 12, I have no idea. But it just wasn't happening. And I was not behaving in a way that was very, <laughs> that was at all recovered. Time. And Okay, I'll I'll wrap it up, and I can just say that today, you know, I have had to change everything, and God has helped me change, and I'm so grateful for that, and with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah W. Thank you. Hi, my name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. This is such an awesome paragraph, and these next couple of paragraphs, I feel, are really, really important because if we want to know what a meaning is supposed to be like. I mean, what is our primary purpose? It's the it's the fifth tradition to each group, meaning each each group of us, a group of people that gather, has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overreader who still suffers. You know, what is the meeting supposed to look like? It's this kind of meeting where someone walks into a safe haven under the umbrella of anonymity and here's the answer. The atmosphere it's it's electric. It's there's there's something indefinable in the eyes of men and women who are in the meeting. Men and women who have been there, who have done that and have recovered and have the answer. It's a meeting that talks about the problem, what the solution is, what the answer is, and the proof that it works in the eyes of the men and women in that meeting. The atmosphere is electric. It's stimulated because we have been saved through the grace of God and these of higher power and these 12 steps. And the newcomer comes into this room and finds a safe haven. The fellowship surrounds and supports them with love. And when we go through the rest of these paragraphs, you know, for most of us, there's a feeling of this great reality, they call it, the all-loving and powerful creator, tapping into that power that allows us to recover from this 
cunning, baffling, and deadly disease. So, you know, I guess my feeling is for this is that if for those of us who have been blessed to be, have gone through the 12 steps and are now recovered and working our 10, 11, and 12, part of our, part of our own recovery process is to be in meetings that carry this kind of message, this kind of answer, and this kind of atmosphere in a meeting to the, to the newcomer who is still suffering. And in so doing that, we ensure our daily reprieve. We ensure our being recovered and staying recovered by carrying the message. We stay on the firing line. But we all need to take a look. What is our meeting doing? What is our local home group like? Is our meeting carrying a message of depth and weight to the still-suffering compulsive overeating, compulsive overeater? Are there recovered folks? Is our primary purpose still serving the newcomer? In my humble opinion, the meetings that die are those that are not carrying a message and those that are not giving service, those who are recovered that are not giving service. We need to continue to look back, especially, especially this paragraph and the next two paragraphs, that define a meeting that carries a message of depth and weight to the newcomer so that they, they can recover. And if we don't have that at our meetings, what are we doing to fix that? Are we bringing our big books to meetings? Are we sharing a message of depth and weight? Are we helping newcomers? What are we doing ourselves? And it's a very strong message. Because when we look at what the description here is, the atmosphere and what the meeting does, that's the meeting. I'm afraid that sometimes some meetings get lost. This is not a meeting just about fellowship or just about sharing what your problems are or just, you know, what your food log is. The meeting must be serving the newcomer and carry a strong message of recovery and that it works. And with that, I'll pass. Who else would like to? Oh, I'm sorry. We've got Raquel E. up next. Go ahead, Raquel. And press star one to unmute, Raquel, please. Hello. Yes, we have you, Raquel. Hello? Go ahead. Yeah, can you hear me? Oh, boy, Amy. It was so, so good to hear you. This is Raquel E. calling from Israel. With somewhat recovery, uh, I love I love these passages, and you know it makes me jealous. Jealous in a way um, they're saying the Jewish, you know, I'm jealous of you without wishing you any harm. Admiring the fellowship that they described here, that they should keep on having it forever and ever. But I love I love some of it for ourselves. This thing, this thing about trying to test the key of a meeting that I can't go to anymore because we opened the second meeting of this big book and that's most big rules here. And I want to test and nobody wants to take the key, you know. It's like I, I, I can't do this. What's going to happen? The door is going to be closed. And it reminds me of poor Roseanne. You know, um, she gave her last speech, may she rest in peace, in 2002, I believe, and passed away last year. And I have that speech and I translated it to Hebrew, where she says, if we don't make any changes in how we are dealing with, uh, with our meetings and what we're doing, you and I are going to stand there at 2 o'clock in the morning by the cold light of the refrigerator with nowhere else to go. And this, like, penetrated my heart so, you know, we must make changes. We must have a fellowship of people who care 
like this in, in an alcoholic said to me, uh, a recovered alcoholic, he said, when I told my friends that I'm going to another meeting and I was just the beginning of my recovery and that I want to try a meeting in another city, when I got there, five people from my home meeting were waiting for me at the door to see if I really arrived or am I playing hooky. This kind of fellowship, where we so care about each other because, uh, what do we say, we either hang together or hang side by side. And I crave that, and I have this vision, and I have this dream that someday we're going to have this because food and, and mismanagement of food and all the diseases it brings has become an epidemic of our age. You know, we may become even bigger than AA if we play our cards right with God's help. And I thank you for being there, and I love you all. Have a God-blessed day, God-filled day, and I pass. Thank you, Raquel E. Who else would like to share on what was read? And there is a bit of a going. Yes, Katie Okay, hold on a sec, folks. There is a bit of buzzing going on, so if you are not muted, obviously you're unmuting to say you'd like to share, but make sure you mute afterwards. That would be awesome. Thanks so much. Okay, so I got Katie F. Paula D. B. Kelsey M. Leia. Kelsey. Leia. I got Katie F. Paula D. Kelsey. Sue. There was Sue. Wasn't there a Sue? I missed Sue. Yes, Sue B. Okay, we're going to go with that, folks. I've got Katie, Katie F, Sue B, Paula D, Leah, and then Kelsey. Uh, I didn't get your last initial, but we'll get that in a sec. Yes. So go yes. ahead, Kelsey. Kelsey. Yes. Yes. Gotcha, Kelsey. Okay, so Katie F, go ahead, please. Good morning. This is Katie F, a recovered compulsive overeater in Virginia. Um, <clears throat> he succumbed to that gay crowd inside who laughed at their own misfortunes and understood his. You know, you just can't, you just can't buy this. You can't buy the um, camaraderie and the um, way that we relate to one another. You know, I, I no longer have to share my embarrassing and um, crazy and distorted thinking and all of those things that I used to try to get, you know, um, friends that are not in program or, you know, the grocery clerk or somebody who would listen to me. I don't have to share that with those people anymore. And I have a, a fellowship that has built up around me, even though I'm sitting uh, looking to the right at, you know, 20 acres of soybeans and to the left at 20 acres of uh, hay and to the middle to 160 acres of pine trees. I mean, I still have this fellowship uh, via the telephone and, you know, occasionally, occasionally seeing people face-to-face um, who share this uh, common solution. And, you know, if I just uh, 27 years ago when I, you know, stepped on the scale in August of 1988 and hooray, I reached my goal weight, if then I said, shook everyone's hand and said, see you later, you know, where would I be today? 
um, you know, three years ago we started this meeting. You know, now I scratch my head and say, how did I live for, you know, almost 25 years working this program without this, um, you know, my new closest friends on this line? But I did, you know. God carried me through all those decades, and, and it just keeps getting better. I didn't have to go back down to the bottom to say, I want more, I need more, I love more. And uh, more, meaning more recovery, more spiritual life, more uh, newcomers, more uh, fellowship. It's just, it just keeps getting better, and my life keeps getting bigger. It's not because, you know, I'm retired and have nothing else to do all day. I work 40, almost 40 hours a week, you know, with a half an hour commute each way. I have, you know, a husband and four children and a dog and two cats and uh, dishes and laundry and everything in between. And yet, you know, I have this great fellowship and this great way of life that I'm no longer torching bridges behind me because I'm ruining relationships. You know, and I would not have that if I didn't stay in these rooms, so to speak. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Katie F. Sue B., go ahead. Good morning. This is Sue B. from Maryland. And I am celebrating a year anniversary this week. Congratulations. Uh, Thank you. Being abstinent. I started program in 1984, and um, I thought I had it all, and um, I didn't have it at all because I didn't live in steps 10, 11, and 12. And when life happened, I went off on my own way and thought I had the answers, and I didn't rely on my higher power. And I was thinking as people were sharing this morning that I've been listening to this meeting since 2012. And I share very, very little. I don't give a service. I hear all these wonderful things, and I feel instantly inferior and that I don't have the right things to say. So my commitment for this next year is that I will begin to share my experience, strength, and hope and forget about the ego that says I'm not good enough. What I read in the book today was many an alcoholic who entered there came away with an answer. And I was so desperate, and I went to a Saturday morning meeting and went up to somebody after the meeting and said to them, "Um, I'm in trouble. And her response to me was, and I have an opening. I will never forget that because her opening was to lead me through the 12 steps, the way they outlined in the big book. And it has been my total recovery and my salvation, and I am so ever grateful, and I'm grateful to this meeting and to all of you on the line. Thank you so much for letting me share, and have a good day. Right on, Sue. Thank you so much. Paula D., you are up. Hi, this is Paula D., and thank you first, Amy, for your service, and uh, I'm going to be mindful of time here as it's passing quickly. I'd like to look at that line, many men yet dazed from his hospital experience, we know about being dazed, has stepped over the threshold of that home into freedom. That sounds like such a dramatic statement. Into freedom? Where was he before? There was no freedom there. We know what this disease does and how it captures you. 
and keeps you. And there is no freedom. What you think is freedom. Again, we see in the page, it's the delusion. But I'd like to look at that line that we also have. He had stepped from the bridge to shore. That also seems very dramatic. No. No. But I'd like to end with, and I'd like to go down to, he capitulated entirely. And I messed up that word, but you know what it means. There you surrender. In an upper room of this house, he heard the story of some man whose experience closely tallied identification with his own. There it is. That's why you go. That's why you tell your story. They can't compare. No one can compare with another, but we can identify. And that's what happened here. And then once he heard that, something else happened. Another scale of pride and prejudice, as we say, fell down, fell from his eyes. The expression on the faces of the women, that indefinably something in the eyes of the men, the stimulating and electric atmosphere of the place, conspired. Look what came together to let him know that they were here was haven at last. Thank you for allowing me to share with that. I do pass. Thank you, Paula D. I have Elisa M. and then Leah. So if you guys are mindful of the time, we can fit you in. That would be great. Elise M., please go ahead. Star 1 to unmute. Okay, well, then we'll go ahead with uh, Elsie. I'm sorry, Elsie. I I beg your pardon, Elsie M. Elsie M., are you around? I'm terribly sorry. I've really butchered your name today. All right, go ahead, layout. You'll go up. Just take it. Let's just wrap it up. Okay, thank you so much, Amy. Uh, Many an alcoholic who entered there came away with an answer. And he succumbed to that gay crowd inside who laughed at their own misfortunes and understood his. I mean, first of all, many an alcoholic who entered there came away with an answer, and that is, as been mentioned before, that is our responsibility. You know, our responsibility, our obligation as recovered people, our duty, and certainly it's a pleasure, is to carry a message of depth and weight. I mean, being a compulsive overeater is a very unique group of people, and it's even more unique a group of people to have gone through this process uh, to separate from one's binge foods, go through the steps in consecutive order, and be recovered, and then carry a message. A very unique group of people. So yes, we have a huge responsibility, and yes, that's what Tradition 5 is all about. Our chief responsibility to the newcomers is an adequate representation of the program of recovery, and that's exactly what they're describing here uh, in this paragraph. It's an answer. Yes, you know, in Overeaters Anonymous, we have meetings, uh, we have retreats, we have conventions like the one upcoming at the end of October. We have all these things. We have And that's all to create an atmosphere within which we encourage and push each other to keep doing the steps individually. 
you know, so yes, we have meetings, retreats, conventions, uh, just like they're describing here, electric atmospheres that we can create because we're carrying a message of depth and weight. We're saying that, yes, it is possible to go from despair to triumph, from hopelessness to hope. Uh, and this atmosphere that we create is to encourage and support you out there, you newcomers, you who, uh, you know, perhaps have been sitting in Overeaters Anonymous for years or decades, to go and implement these very same steps so that you, too, can engage in this process of the steps and have a spiritual awakening. And once having a spiritual awakening, you're restored to sanity. You have soundness of mind. You're relieved of the obsession. You're freed from the beast. Finally, after years or decades of mayhem, you can walk the planet as a free man or woman, and you too can carry a message. I love this word succumbed. You know, what are you uh, yielding to today? You know, what are you succumbing to? In doctor's opinion, we were succumbing to that first bite over and over and over again. Today we have a choice, each one of us. Are we succumbing? Are we inviting in disease? Or are we inviting in recovery? That's a question for everybody on the line. It's always a question I ask myself. What am I succumbing to today? And with that, I pass. Thank you. Amy G, star one. Elsie, I'm sorry. Uh, I, we have about two and a half minutes left. Elsie, I would like to put you on the line. Go ahead, Elsie. You can wrap this up. Sorry about that. Can you hear me now? I can hear you great. Oh, my God. I could not get unmuted to save my life. Anyhow, this is Elsie M. from Philadelphia, and I will make it short. I just really want to emphasize that, that feeling of being home and that when um, a newcomer, or I'll use myself as an ex- for my own um, experience that when I walked into the rooms of a 12-step program and I immediately felt a sense of connection that I had never felt anywhere else. And then when the meeting is focused on the solution um, and instead of just talking about the problem, then that's where the real hope comes in. And it was just, it's just, I think, so important that that's where we are in our that we take this back to our meetings that are in our local areas and make sure that we are part of the solution and not part of the problem so that we can keep that hope alive for those that come. That's all I have. Thanks so much. Great, and thank you. Thank you very much. And I'd like to thank everyone who has shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. If you haven't had a chance to share this hour, the next hour is a great time. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Chrissy M., could you please read a vision for you, starting with our book? Okay, go ahead, please. (laughs) Hi, I'm Chrissy M., recovered from Hopeful Reader Anorexia from New Jersey. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand him, God. 
Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.